0: hello and welcome to the let it ride podcast coming at you on a thursday afternoon i'm your host jeffrey hooks josh walker is going to join me in just a little bit we're going to give out our picks for the divisional round but before he does i just wanted to go on a little bit of a solo rant about some of the things that i noticed in wildcard weekend if you go to my twitter profile and uh click on my pinned tweet i had a great twitter spaces conversation with one of my followers Derek. it's actually the first conversation that we've ever had and we talked like we were old friends for about an hour and a half on twitter spaces but he reached out to me wanting to talk about quarterback narratives that either got pushed forward or confirmed on wildcard weekend. It was a great conversation that really got me thinking about something that James and I touched on on the last podcast. Uh, We were talking about the AFC quarterbacks being much superior to the NFC quarterbacks and as it played out on the field, it goes to show you the NFL is a week-to-week league. Um, It played out on the field the exact opposite. The NFC quarterbacks thoroughly outplayed the AFC quarterbacks during Wild wildcard and I mean Dak Prescott having one of the best games of his career Daniel Jones completely picking apart that Viking secondary Brock Purdy putting up great numbers for the 49ers even in the losses uh Kirk Cousins put up solid numbers against the Giants as well now you could sit here and fault him for that fourth and eighth throw where he throws the ball four yards to T.J. Hawkinson and the Vikings season is over. But he still played fairly well, at least well enough to win that game. The Vikings didn't lose that game because of Kirk Cousins. They lost that game because of their secondary. Even Geno Smith, I mean, he had that Seattle Seahawks team with a 17-16 lead against the San Francisco 49ers. Not only that, they were driving. The score was 23-17. The Seahawks were driving. Geno Smith completed a pass that would have set the Seahawks up at the 7-yard line with a third and one, likely scoring, um, unfortunately, an illegal man downfield penalty. Pushed them back later in the drive. Geno Smith fumbles, and the game just goes off the rails from there. But for, I mean... You got to figure there was two minutes left in the third quarter when that happened. So for 43 minutes of that game, Geno Smith played well enough to beat the San Francisco 49ers, a team that many have as a Super Bowl favorite. So props to all of the NFC quarterbacks, except for, of course, Tom Brady, who had one of the worst games of his career. Now you're seeing why I didn't have Josh on for this portion. Uh, Tom Brady just looked absolutely awful. And it's kind of ironic because going into the playoffs, you would have said, oh, that's the one NFC quarterback that I trust, uh, that I know can lead a team to a Super Bowl. And At least for last week, he was easily the worst one out of the six. Pivot to the other side. You would have said, oh yeah, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. I trust these guys. Uh, Herbert and Lawrence both. I mean, you could fault both of them for that game, obviously. Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in the first half. His team falling behind 27-0. Now, you can give him all the credit in the world, and deservingly so, for the four touchdown passes and the comeback win. But, you know, that's kind of like crediting somebody for fixing something that they broke. Yes, he had that comeback. It's on his resume. But he's also the reason that his team was so far behind. And on the other side, Justin Herbert. Look, any time that there is a collapse of that nature. There's plenty of blame to go around. Now, personally, I'm going to blame coaching more. I mean, if you go back and watch that game, the Chargers are regularly snapping the ball with a running clock with 17, 18 seconds left on the play clock. You can go back to 28 to three. The Falcons were doing the exact same thing. It's like these coaches don't understand clock management it absolutely drives me insane Joe Lombardi he gets fired obviously uh, did not call a great game I think the only reason you didn't see Brandon Staley get fired is because the Chargers are a notoriously cheap team they don't even own the building that they play in so paying two head coaches probably not something that they want to do but uh, that's something that the Chargers are going to have to get together but I digress some of that blame still lies with Justin Herbert he missed a Pass to Keenan Allen on third down in that game uh, right before halftime. Keenan Allen wide open in the end zone. He completes that pass. It's a thirty-one to nothing game, and the odds of the Jaguars coming back from that highly unlikely. Uh, but both of those quarterbacks, uh, you would have said, are easily better than any of the NFC quarterbacks, and it didn't play out that way on the field. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, neither one of them. Uh, had a great game. Trevor Lawrence, like like I said, you could say had a great second half, but a collective game. He was not one of the better quarterbacks of Wild Card Weekend. You could then talk about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Josh Allen specifically uh, trying to play hero ball against the Miami Dolphins. He goes out there and turns the ball over three times. Uh, one of those turnovers leading directly to a a. Scoop and score by the Miami Dolphins. It's the sole reason the Miami Dolphins were in that game. When you're going into a game as a two-touchdown favorite, like the Bills were, your main job is to avoid chaos. Uh, if you didn't watch that game, you wake up from a coma and someone tells you, hey man, the Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson beat the Bills in a wild card round, your first response is gonna be, wow, that must have been a crazy game. So if you're on the other side of that, if you're a Goliath, your job is to make the game not crazy invite the least amount of chaos possible and the way Josh Allen was playing was doing the exact opposite of that a lot of people were getting down on the play calling by the Bills Ken Dorsey their offensive coordinator and it's like hold on a second here like they're calling the same concepts that they always call they're calling those mesh concepts over the middle which is basically two crossing routes over the middle Uh, if you're man-to-man if if the defense is in man-to-man their defenders are going to get mixed mixed match with the receivers crossing routes. If they're sitting in a zone, the job of the receiver is to find the soft spot in the zone and sit in it. It's a great concept. The Bills run it constantly. Josh Allen was ignoring all of those over-the-middle routes, and he was chucking the ball down the field with regularity. His average depth of target was like 15 yards, which is absolutely absurd. He was just throwing the ball down the field willy-nilly the entire game, turning the ball over, uh, throwing incomplete passes, and really keeping the Miami Dolphins in that game. Uh, That hero ball stuff is going to have to go, and it's kind of ironic because you're have to ask yourself man does Brian Dayball not being with the team anymore is that the reason Josh Allen is playing that way and because you look at what Dayball is doing with Daniel Jones a guy who has had his problem with turnovers and he was one of the least turnover prone quarterbacks in the league this year after being the most turnover prone quarterback in the league during the duration of his career so uh, props to Brian Dayball he definitely fixed Daniel Jones and there's signs of Josh Allen not being the same guy without Brian Dayball now granted All of these guys can completely buck that narrative next week. Like I said, it is a week-to-week league. Uh, The last quarterback, Joe Burrow. Now, I don't want to put too much of that game on him, but the Cincinnati Bengals were a freak play away from losing to the Baltimore Ravens in that game. If Tyler Huntley Burrow's Uh, pun intended I guess there if he burrows down under his offensive line and sneaks that ball in instead of trying to go over the top the Ravens likely win that game and what are we saying about Joe Burrow right now because he didn't have a great game now granted he lost his left tackle in that game he was already missing one of his starting guards and his starting right tackle so now the Bengals are moving forward missing 60% of their offensive line they were going up against a very good Ravens defense so I don't want to discredit Joe Burrow too much but he didn't play the greatest game in the world either. Now, like I said, all of these quarterbacks could, the narrative could completely change next week. Dak Prescott, we've seen this story before. He looks great one week and looks terrible the next. Going up against San Francisco 49ers defense, that could easily happen. Uh, Brock Purdy, he's a seventh round rookie for a reason. He could turn into a pumpkin. Overnight, I mean, he's got all of these weapons around him, which is the reason that he looks so good. Now, you might sit here and say, well, Jimmy G never looked that good. Jimmy G also never had uh, Christian McCaffrey and a healthy George Kittle this year. So all these weapons that the 49ers have on the field, They are really a big part of why Brock Purdy is looking this good. And like I said, he could just turn into a pumpkin one of these games. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm hoping it happens next week. Daniel Jones, yes, he had one of the best games that any quarterback has had in the playoffs in recent memory against the Vikings. But it is against the Vikings. This is the same Vikings defense that made Mac Jones look like an all-pro on Thanksgiving night. That Vikings secondary is absolutely terrible. He's going from playing one of the worst secondaries in the league to playing the best secondary in the league. The Eagles average allow the lowest average of of pass yards per attempt in the league. So the best secondary in the league, you go through the names, that Philadelphia secondary is not going to be as easy on Daniel Jones as that Vikings secondary was. You could just look back to the game that they played a few weeks ago, obviously not the game where the Giants sat everybody, but the game before that, Daniel Jones did not play great The Eagles had seven sacks in that game, so he's going up against a much better defense So we could easily see him turn at least close to back to the Daniel Jones that we we knew and not the amazing one that we saw last week. And on the other side, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, all three of those guys have the talent uh, to come back from poor performances last week. So moving forward, maybe it does kind of go back to what you would expect the AFC quarterbacks looking better but just for last week man the NFC uh definitely had a leg up on the AFC as far as quarterback play goes uh that is going to do it for my little rant I just wanted to touch on that maybe fill a little bit of time because Josh and I only have four games to talk about this week as opposed to our usual 16 that we have in one of our regular season podcasts so we're going to take a quick break now and invite Josh on Welcome back, Josh Walker, joining me now to break down the divisional round and give out our picks for the games. Now, Josh, I would be remiss if I didn't start our conversation with a heartfelt, "How about them Cowboys?" Yeah, I do it right. How
1: about them Cowboys? Yes, sir. <laughs> How about them? They uh they dominated Tampa Bay Monday night. Uh, obviously, the worst wild card game was the last wild card game. Congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys. That last role playoff game was in January of nineteen ninety two. I wasn't even born. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, and uh, just a little quote-unquote team. Uh, I don't think that'll be the last playoff game that they win this year. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll fast-forward to that when we get to that. But congratulations, Jeff. Uh, congratulations to you
0: and your Dallas Cowboys, for sure. Uh, Thank you. I know we talked about possibly setting up some kind of a bet. We never really got around to hammering out the details, but I will happily settle for just the bragging rights.
1: You got it, man. You got it. You beat y'all beat us at the uh the most uh important game of the year, end of the season. Uh, more likely than not, end of Brady's career in Tampa. He might retire, but I think he'll come back next year. So uh uh I think Brady's options would probably be Miami, Vegas, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, maybe a sleeper team come out come out of the mix. But uh yeah, congratulations, bro. Well deserved. Y'all y'all kicked our ass from the, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game.
0: I actually like the Jets, but uh, yeah, that's another subject for another day. Uh, Obviously, we ended last season with a lot of Brady talk, uh, wondering what he was going to do, whether or not he was going to come out of retirement. So it looks like we're going to end this season with that as well. But for now, we got some divisional round games to get to. We're going to start on Saturday with the Jags taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 53. The Chiefs, of course, coming off of that bye week. The Jags coming off of that epic 27-0 comeback win. Over the Chargers, Kansas City won this matchup twenty-seven to seventeen all the way back in Week Ten, and the game was not that close. The Chiefs led twenty to nothing in that game. They were also twenty-seven to ten late in that game. A late touchdown by the Jags making it look a little bit closer. Uh, The Chiefs also turned the ball over three times in that game. But here's the stat that stuck out to me: zero penalties, zero sacks allowed in that game for the. This matchup to me is going to be that. Line against the Chiefs' O oh, line. And as I said, the Chiefs had no penalties and didn't allow a single sack in that game. They also ran the ball very well in that matchup. So the Chiefs won this first matchup. I have no reason to believe that they won't win this second matchup, but the Chiefs are 6 10 and 1 against the spread that is fourth worst in the league. So laying this eight and a half points does not sit well with me. Chris Jones dominated this Jaguars offensive line of the first matchup. He had a sack and a half and just completely disrupted the run game as well. So I think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring game. I'm going to say 27 to 20 KC. So I'm not going to lay the eight and a half. My main play for this game is going to be the under 53.
1: My main play for this game is Jacksonville plus eight and a half. I love what I'm saying with this Jacksonville team. This is a complete different team than when Kansas City saw them early in the season. They have experience in playing in that building you just mentioned. Uh now Jacksonville won't have the pleasure of a melting quarterback like they did last week. So they can't get down 27 to seven this week and me feel comfortable. They'll come back and win. Well, they're and also going
0: against Andy Reed, not Brandon Staley. That's got a little bit to do with it too.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, definitely going to get to that. Definitely. Uh, Andy Reed is a significantly better coach than Brandon Staley, but uh, you, you, you can't get down 27 to seven to my homes and think you're going to come back and win. It's just not right. going to happen. So with that being said, I think Jacksonville will be – I think the game will be close. I'm picking Kansas City to win the game, but my favorite player in this game is Jacksonville plus eight and a
0: half. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh, this, These are two – there's three Super Bowl winning head coaches left in the playoff field. Two of them are meeting in this game. So um, definitely two coaches that know how to get it done in big games. We talked about that Week 10 matchup between KC and Jacksonville, and you talked about the Jags being a completely different team. That was really a – the the season turned after this game for the Jaguars because they went to their bye week after this game. And, of course, they had their their season turnaround win against the Ravens. In fact, you could say that game was kind of a season turning point for the Ravens as well. Uh, The Jaguars only lost one more game after losing this Chiefs one. So they are definitely a different team. I'm just not sure that they're equipped enough to go into Arrowhead and win this game. It kind of reminds me of when Andrew Luck was taking those Colts teams to the playoffs, he always would run into a better team. He ran into Brady a couple of times, and I think Mahomes is kind of the equivalent to what Brady was then, at least the closest thing we have to it now. Uh, and I think that Lawrence and Luck are pretty similar as well. So I just think Trevor Lawrence is just getting here a little bit too soon. I think he did a good job to get here, but uh, I think the Chiefs are going to prevail in this one.
1: Yeah, I think the Chiefs will win the game. Like I said, I think Jacksonville will play them tough. Doug Peterson, and Andy Reid. That's a nice little coaching matchup. Doug Peterson got to start coaching with Andy Reid, play, actually play for Andy Reid. So uh, and a lot of intriguing matchups in this game. I think Jacksonville will come out and uh like I said, keep it keep it within eight and a half. Uh, my favorite like I said, my favorite play for this game is Jacksonville plus eight and a half.
0: Yeah, and and like I said, the Chiefs six, ten, and one against the spread, fourth worst in the league. So that definitely helps your case there. Uh, That's going to take us on to the Giants taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a a seven-and-a-half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 48. Of course, this is an NFC East battle. Um, The Giants avenged a Week 16 loss to Minnesota last week with a magical performance from Daniel Jones. Uh, But this is a little bit different animal. A little bit of a side note here. One of my favorite things to do when I was growing up, I played basketball every day of my life from about, seven to about 20 i used to love practicing on a double rim practicing on a double rim when you go to a regular court it's like throwing it in the ocean daniel jones is doing that in reverse he because he was going up against one of the worst secondaries in the league in the vikings last week now he's going up against the best secondary in the league in the philadelphia eagles we saw it i'm not going to look too much in the last matchup these two teams played because the uh, the Giants sat everybody, but in that first matchup, this Eagles defense sacked Giants quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor, came in, in for relief. They had seven sacks in that game. I just think Way too many people are a little bit too high on this Giants team. They're forgetting how good this Philadelphia Eagles team is. Uh, Daniel Jones, 18 of 27 for 169 in that first matchup. Saquon Barkley, 9, carries 28 yards. This Eagles team is rested, but Jalen Hurts did not look great against the Giants practice squad in Week 18. So my main play for this game is going to be to play the under. I think both defenses are going to play pretty well. I'm also going to start the teaser of the week with this game. Teaser of the week. That's right. The teaser of the week is going to start this week, teasing the Eagles down from seven and a half to one and a half. I don't feel comfortable laying over a touchdown uh, just with how rusty Jalen Hurts looked in week 18. But I do think the Eagles win this game.
1: Yeah, I love the under in this game, like you said. Uh, the under is uh, let me get, like, 48, 48 and a half or 48, 48 and a half, wherever you get your odds from. Uh, so I definitely love that. But my play in this game by the pick will be the Giants plus seven and a half. Uh, I get what you're saying about people overvaluing the Giants, but I know everyone to talk about how, how bad Minnesota's defense is, and that's fine. We can talk about that. But Daniel Jones made NFL throws last week. He made starting quarterback type throws last week, and that's the first time I literally can say that in his whole career. Uh, he was the prime. Like, there's only one game on in the playoffs, so it's not 12 games on at one o'clock. So you you're trying to watch everything when it's, when you know when it's a regular NFL Sunday. But watch him last week. He was impressive. He was decisive. He was accurate. Uh, and I think this giant, I think the uh, sleeper matchup in this game is the Eagles' offensive line versus the Giants' defensive line. I think the Giants, the Giants' defensive line can win that matchup. I think Lane Johnson will be out. Or if he plays, he'll definitely be uh, significantly injured.
0: said he's going to so, try to give it a go. Yeah, he'll try to
1: give it a go. But he won't be the same as he was if he, you know, if he was 100% right or healthy as healthy as he could be this late in the season. So I, I would take the Giants for a seven and a half. I think they'll keep it close. Um, they just can't do what Seattle did last week against San Fran. You can't have that turnover. Yeah. If, if the Giants don't turn the ball over and their defense can – defensive line can come in and do what they're supposed to do, Giants can definitely win this game.
0: So I like yeah, you, the Giants for a seven and a half. You talk about that Seattle game. I think a lot of people are going to forget because it was the first game of the of the weekend too. I, I, I touched on it briefly in my opening of uh, – that was a game up until about two minutes left in the third quarter. That illegal man downfield penalty, the Seahawks were down to a third and one on the seven-yard line until that penalty pushed them back. Geno Smith fumbled on the next play. Up till that point, that was a game, and Seattle uh, easily could have made that a game. So, And we've been seeing it from all of the underdogs, all those teams that you would say coming in, oh, man, they don't have a chance. The Miami Dolphins damn near beat the Bills. The Ravens should have beaten the Bengals. We talked about the Seahawks playing that game close. The Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings outright. The Jaguars, who were an underdog, beat the Chargers outright. So we're seeing the underdogs that a lot of people aren't given a chance to come up and make it a game. So uh, definitely not a stretch to say the Giants do that here.
1: Yeah, like I said, I just definitely think the Giants, uh, they have momentum, they're playing hot. I definitely think they can keep it a game. And You know this better than anyone, Jeff. If you make it the game in the playoffs, you can actually win. So I like the Giants plus seven and a half in this spot. My favorite play in this game is the under. Yeah, but we're Uh, both going to be a defensive game.
0: Yeah, we're both on the under here. We could definitely revisit that. Uh, we're putting together a parlay this week. That's to the Sunday game, starting with the Bengals taking on the Bills. The Bills, the five-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this on the over-under 48. This, of course, a rematch of the game that got canceled on Monday Night Football with the tragedy that struck DeMar Hamlin. Luckily, he has recovered. Um, I highly expect him to be on hand, probably leading the Bills out of the tunnel. So you can expect a very emotional Bills team in this game, both teams barely survived wildcard weekend and barely survived in games against backup quarterbacks. Burrow got harassed, by that Ravens defense their offensive line is even more banged up now losing Jonah Williams in that game now they're down three starters on their offensive line on the other side Josh Allen got caught playing hero ball against the Miami Dolphins and it damn near cost his team the game I am a little bit scared of that just because I know Lou Anarumo is going to have a scheme to try to play you know just to get to try to get Josh Allen to play into his hands I think Josh Allen misses Brian Dayball just a little bit, and you can see what Brian Dayball is doing for Daniel Jones. Um, We've seen the Cincinnati offensive line crumble against elite pass rushers, Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Uh, That makes the Von Miller absence in this game huge. I would feel great about the Bills if he was playing as it is. I just feel good about the Bills. I will take the Bills minus five and a half. I think uh, White and Elam are two good corners that can match up with Higgins and Chase. They're not going to shut them down, obviously, but they're still pretty good. Uh, Basham, Oliver, and uh, Gregory Russo on the defensive line are still pretty good and still should be able to give this banged-up Cincinnati offensive line trouble. So I like the Bills minus five and a half here.
1: Yeah, I I like the Bills to win the game. Uh, like I said, wherever you get your numbers, you can have it four and a half. Uh, you can have it. Uh, like you said, five, five and a half. I like the Bills to win the game. Like uh, the the Bengals offensive line, like you mentioned, they 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 will be down three starters. I think even without Von Miller, Gregory Russo, Ed Oliver, uh, uh, I don't know him, uh, someone else. I'm forgetting. I'm sorry, I forget this name. Um, they. I I think. Um, uh, I think they still got Jordan Phillips on that D-line as a D-tackle. So, uh, I think those guys will, will be able to eat just because of the mismatches and the the starters that are out for Cincinnati. Uh, I think Josh Allen will have a Dak Prescott type of game on Monday night. What do you mean by a Dak Prescott type of game on Monday night? You can make a case that Prescott and Daniel Jones had the best two games of the wild card weekend. They played perfect. They didn't make any mistakes. They made timely throws. They did what they were supposed to do. I think Josh Allen is in line of that only because of what you said earlier. I definitely think DeMar Hamlin will be in the stadium. And I think that will be just the buzz that they need for Cincinnati, I mean for, Cincinnati, for Buffalo to beat Cincinnati. So I think we will have a uh, AFC championship game in the Georgia, though, between Cincinnati and Buffalo. I mean, Cincinnati and Buffalo, Kansas City and Buffalo, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, so we're on the same page there. I like the Bills as well, and I think we had the same winner in all the games. I know you're taking the Giants plus seven. Do you think the Eagles still pull that game out?
1: I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna take the upset. I think the Giants will win that game.
0: Okay. Well, that will, well that would mean if this if this last game we're gonna talk about goes the way that I think it's gonna go, that would mean the Dallas Cowboys would be hosting the NFC championship game. And our final game is my Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, a three and a half point favorite at home for this one, the over under sitting at 46. And this is the only game so far of the playoffs that is not a rematch from the regular season, but it is a rematch from the playoffs last year. Dak Prescott coming off of one of his best games, not just of the season, one of the best games of his career. That Tampa Bay defense might not be as good as the Niners, but the secondary is pretty damn good. They were top 10 uh, as far as yards per pass attempt allowed. So Tampa's secondary is still pretty good, and they had most of their guys healthy for that game. This 49ers secondary, however, has been pretty susceptible. They're great up front, but their secondary. You can get long pass plays on this secondary on the other side. I think Kyle Shanahan has some familiarity with Dan Quinn uh, being the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when Dan Quinn was the head coach. So I think that familiarity is going to get this 49ers offense going as well. For all those reasons, my favorite play in this game is the over 46. We saw, this 49ers run game just completely gouged the Cowboys defense in the playoffs last year. And that was without Christian McCaffrey. Now you add Christian McCaffrey to that. I think this game's going to be a shootout. I have my Cowboys winning, but I think it's going to be a 31 to 27 type game. So give me the over 46 here.
1: Yeah. My favorite play in this game is the Cowboys. I mean, is the uh, Cowboys plus three, Cowboys plus three and a half. Again, wherever you get your odds from, I think the Cowboys will win the game outright. Uh, I like what I saw from the Cowboys Monday against Tampa Bay. They played a terrible team. They took advantage of it. Uh this San Francisco team will be better than what Tampa played, like what they played against Tampa, only because, like you said, San Francisco will stick with the run. Tampa Bay couldn't run the ball all season. Um I think the Cowboys will make Brock Purdy turn the ball over at least once or twice, or make San Fran turn the ball least turn the ball over at least once or twice. And with that being said, I think the Cowboys are going to the NMC Championship game. I think they will beat the San Francisco 49ers. So my favorite play is Cowboys plus three.
0: Yeah, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, I hope you're right. I don't want to be too much of a homer here, but at some point, Brock Purdy is going to look like a seventh-round rookie. Everyone can sit here and say, oh, no, he's just like Tom Brady, that guy who everyone slept on in the draft. He's not just like Tom Brady. He has nowhere near the arm strength that Tom Brady had coming out. He's simply a – quarterback who is the definition of a system quarterback. He's operating that system. Kyle Shanahan, a great coach. He's behind a great offensive line. He's got great weapons around him. Uh, There are 25 to 30 quarterbacks who who can succeed in this type of situation. But at the end of the day, he is not a very talented quarterback. And if Dallas can get to him, like you said, I think they can turn him over for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You just
1: got to make him be the star of the game. We haven't necessarily seen him be the star of the game. I think he he, he played he's played well in games. He played well last week. He played great last week, actually. Uh, so it's got to make keep the game semi close and make him let him make him be the star of the game. And I think Dallas can do that. I think that momentum that they get for beating Tampa Bay really beating Tom Brady, regardless of how old he is, that gives you momentum in the playoffs. So we seen Tennessee the last team that beat him in the playoffs we were well, the last two teams that beat him in the playoffs. Went to the Conkins Championship and at uh, the team uh, last year the Rams won the Super Bowl. So, you know, I definitely think Dallas can keep the trend going. I think Dallas will be in the NFC championship game against the Giants.
0: Now, do you remember at the beginning of the season um who I called the Super Bowl matchup being? And I think yeah, I think somebody somebody quote tweeted me and told me I was being crazy when I said it was gonna be the Cowboys and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's looking pretty possible now. Yeah,
1: definitely is. Uh, I don't I still don't think that'll happen. I think Buffalo will represent the half sheet, but that matchup definitely could happen.
0: So uh, you have the Giants pulling the upset. Uh, Do you think that they can ride it all the way to Super Bowl and and, and beat the Cowboys at the 49ers in the championship game, or do you think their run ends there?
1: Well, I think they have a better chance of beating the Cowboys than I do the 49ers. But uh, I'll have to see this week. It all depends on how they play this week. I mean, we can can try to predict matchups a week or two weeks in advance, but the one thing about the NFL is, especially in the playoffs, you're going to get the good game and it's going to be a close game. It really just comes down to who can make the plays and who can't make
0: the plays. Um, I completely forgot to give out my second leg of the teaser of the week. I know you weren't with us last week, Josh, my picks went five and one last week mm. and the teaser of the week won yet again. So it's 15 and four now on the season. The second leg of the teaser of the week is going to be to tease my Dallas Cowboys up from three and a half to plus nine and a half. So the teaser of the week this week, we are teasing the Cowboys from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half, and we are teasing the Philadelphia Eagles down from seven and a half to minus one and a half.
1: Great picks, man. Your teasers have been hitting all season. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've been listening so you can win yourself some money.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I'm up a good amount, like especially since FanDuel went live in Maryland. I'm up a, a good chunk of money, and I look forward to cashing that out as soon as football season's over, just because I don't bet the other sports the way that I do football, but Really, just wished I'd been putting bigger wagers just on these teasers of the week because, like you said, they have just been on fire all season.
1: Yeah, man, I totally, totally get that. Uh, You've been winning a lot during the NFL season, man. So congratulations.
0: Yeah, I'm. uh, You know, the research it pays off at the end of the day. I know uh, I don't want to sit here and toot my own horn too much, but uh, um, like anything, this is just this is a hobby for me. Anything that you pay attention to, whether you're into cars or you're into electronics, whatever you're into, you're going to have more knowledge than your average person. Uh, betting on football just happens to be my hobby.
1: Absolutely, man. Same way. Same same thing for me, man. You just want to win. Uh, you try to win every week. Put your best effort forward. You're not going to win every week. You know that game. Man. But try to win as much as you can. Make the smart
0: picks and go at it from there. Well, Josh, that is going to do it for the games. Anything else you wanted to touch on before we sign off?
1: No. Nah, uh, well, yeah, just one thing. Uh, just – you know, uh, hopefully everyone enjoys the game this week. Uh, hopefully everyone – you and James uh, had a great uh, conversation on that. So, uh, uh, hopefully everyone t- turned in the last week's show and tune into this week's show and enjoy the games this weekend.
0: Now, I did want to put together a parlay for the week. It's going to be hard to pick a five-legger just because we only have four games to choose from. But I think we were, uh, we're in agreement on the Giants and Eagles under. We both uh, Can I talk you into the Cowboys over 46?
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I like that. I think it'll be so, a high score.
0: So if we take the Cowboys, Niners over 46, the Giants, Eagles under, the Jags, Chiefs under, and the Bills on the money line, that pays out at 8-1. to one. I, I think that's a pretty solid play for the, par- for the family parlay this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, especially in the divisional round. That's a, that's a great parlay.
0: All right, so I've got a couple of free $10 bets courtesy of DraftKings, so I'll definitely be putting at least one of them on that 8-to-1 parlay, and that is going to do it for the show. Josh, I appreciate you joining me this week, even though I know uh, you might not be too keen on talking football, given the beatdown that you got on Monday night, but I think a couple of days have passed, and you're probably moving on, and you're ready to watch some football this weekend.
1: Yeah, man, I'm ready, man. I got out of witness protection the other day, so I'm finally, <laughs> finally getting the air to hit my skin and all that. So, yeah, man, like I said, congratulations to your Cowboys, man. Hopefully the rest of the playoffs is just as good as Super Wildcard
0: Weekend. Super Wildcard Weekend was incredible. And Divisional Weekend is usually the best weekend of the year, so hopefully it doesn't disappoint. Uh, Josh, thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next week to break down the championship game.
1: All right, buddy, man. I'll see you next week, man. Be safe.
0: You too.